0: Hello and thank you for tuning in to Search for Truth, your Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. It's great to have you with us. Thanks for tuning in. And today's talk in this series of programs about hope for humanity is called Hit for Six. That's because there are six main points in Brian's talk and he brings us Bible scriptures and illustrations which help to explain the marvellous good news message from God which is, of course, the hope for humanity. So, I hope you're enjoying the talks. If you've been following week by week, and if you have any questions or comments for Brian, I'll hope be pleased to help you. So, it's Hit for Six with Brian.
1: Thanks, John. The rock musician has asked the question, does anybody know what we're living for? That must be one of the most important questions in the universe, because it captures concerns like, where did we come from? who am I? Where are we going? In response, I'd like to invite you to check out with me six things which Christianity claims God wants us to know. Together, we'll check out six points the Bible presents as facts, which, when taken together, give a satisfying answer to that most important question about what we're living for. The message at the heart of Christianity is from the Bible and is about God and his son Jesus. It's also about life and death and the choice we all face. The first point of the Christian message is that God is a loving creator. He's the ruler, the boss, the king, the one who's in charge of the world. He owns it because he made it. He also made us and set us to look after the world under his authority and by obeying his directions. This is nothing other than what the Bible itself tells us, beginning with those famous words, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In the image of God, he created male and female, blessed them, and said to them, Rule over every living thing. These are taken from a selection of verses, all from Genesis chapter 1. So summing up then, God is the ruler, and we were created to live in and rule God's world for him, under his own loving authority. Sounds ideal, doesn't it? But that's not how things are now. What happened? What's gone wrong? Something has, for it's not even safe to walk the streets after dark now. There's racist thuggery of the most poisonous kind in the towns and cities we live in. What's gone wrong? The answer is, we did. The fact is, we rebelled. You see, we're all rebels at heart, rebelling against God. From the beginning, we've rejected God by doing things our own way. We don't like someone telling us what to do or how to live least of all God. So it's as if we shake our puny fists in his face and tell him to go away. It doesn't have to be as blatant as that. Either we just ignore him and get on with our own lives, or we disregard his instructions for living in this world. However we do it, we're all rebels because we don't live God's way, but want to be our own boss instead. Like little kings, we want to run things our own way without God. Doing this is what the Bible calls sin. And it underlines it like this. Each of us has turned to his own way. That's the Bible prophet Isaiah in chapter 53 and verse 6. Doing our own thing, as we would say. The trouble is, in rejecting God's way, we make a mess. Not only of our own lives, but of society around us. The world is full of people doing what suits them and not following God's way. We all act like little gods, and the result is misery. The sufferings and injustices around us go back to our basic rebellion against God. The Bible diagnoses that the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. There is no one who does good, not even one, so says the Bible letter to the Romans in chapter 3 and verses 10 to 12. So what's God going to do about it then? Well, God cares enough about us to take our rebellion seriously because it matters to him how we treat him and how we treat other people and so he calls us to account for our actions. The sentence God passes against us is fair. In rebelling against God we are saying to him in effect go away I don't want you telling me what to do leave me alone and this is precisely what God does. He gives us exactly what we ask for. His judgment on rebels is to withdraw from them permanently. As the Bible says, they will be punished, shut out from the presence of the Lord. You'll find that in Paul's second Bible letter to the Thessalonians chapter 1 and verses 8 and 9. But since God is the source of life, and indeed of all good things, to actually be cut off from him means death and hell. God's judgment against rebels is an endless, godless death. If we can just pause a moment and state the obvious, it's a terrible thing to fall under a sentence like that, and it's a prospect we all face, since we're all guilty of rebelling against God. So is that it then? Well, if it were not for God's own marvellous intervention, it would be, since as the Bible puts it, we are destined to die once, and after that to face judgment you find that in the Bible, in the letter written to the Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 27. However, because of his great love and generosity, God didn't leave us to suffer the consequences of our own foolish rebellion. He did something to save us. He sent his own divine Son into our world to become also a man, Jesus of Nazareth. Unlike us, Jesus didn't rebel. He always lived under God's rule and so didn't deserve death or punishment. But Jesus did die. Although he had the power of God to heal the sick, walk on water, and even raise the dead, Jesus allowed himself to be executed on a cross. Why? Well, we can let the Bible answer directly. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. That's what the Apostle Peter says in his first Bible letter Chapter 3, verse 18. Yes, the amazing news is clear. Jesus died as a substitute for us, for us rebels. Jesus paid the debt we owed, which was due to our having rebelled. And Jesus paid that by dying in our place, so that forgiveness and pardon might be available to us. All this is undeserved by us. It's a generous gift from start to finish. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. That's the Apostle Peter writing again in his first Bible letter, chapter 2 and verse 24. God accepted Jesus' death as payment in full for our sins and raised him from the dead. Jesus is now what humanity was always meant to be. God's ruler of the world. As God's ruler, he's been appointed God's judge of the world. The Bible promises that one day he'll return to hold all of us accountable for our actions. Here's exactly what it says. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. You'll find that in the Bible book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 31. In the meantime, before he comes, Jesus offers us new life, both now and eternally. We're forgiven. A fresh start with God, no longer as rebels, but as friends. For in this new life, God himself comes to live within us by his Spirit. This makes it possible for us to experience the joy of that new relationship with God. What's more, when we're pardoned through Jesus' death, not because we've earned it, not because we deserve it, but because Jesus died in our place, we can be sure that when Jesus does return to judge, we'll be acceptable to him. The Bible promises there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. you find that in Paul's writing to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 1. So now it's our choice. We can stay rebels rebels against God, and try to run our own lives in our own way without him. Sadly, this is the option that a lot of people persist in. The end result is that God gives us what we ask for, and what we indeed deserve. He condemns us for our rejection of his rightful rule over our lives. Not only do we have to put up with the messy consequences of rejecting God in the here and now, but we face the dreadful prospect of being separated from him forever, without life, without love, without relationship. As the Bible says, whoever believes in the Son, and that's in God's Son, who is Jesus Christ, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 36. For those of us who realise that our situation is hopeless, there's a lifeline. If we turn back to God and appeal for mercy, trusting in Jesus' death and resurrection, then everything changes. God wipes our slate clean. He accepts Jesus' death as payment for our sins and totally forgives us. He pours his own spirit into our hearts and gives us a new life that stretches past death and into forever. We are no longer rebels, but part of God's own family and live with Jesus as our ruler. Now is the time of God's favour, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2 says. Now is the day of salvation. So here's a possible prayer if you would like to take this opportunity to say before God, I recognise before a holy God that I'm a sinner because the Bible says all have sinned and the wages of sin is death, Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23. And then to say, I realise I can do nothing but repent of the offence that this is to a holy God. Because the Bible says, salvation is not of works, in Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. And then to say further to God, I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that he died to bear the punishment for my sins because 1 Corinthians 15 and 3 says, Christ died for our sins. And then to say, I invite him, I invite Jesus, God's son, into my life and so receive the gift of God's grace, even forgiveness, just as the Bible says in John 1 and 12, for as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God.
0: reminder if you'd like to request a transcript booklet containing all the talks in this series and then ask for the title Hope for Humanity. And if you've got a pen and paper to hand I'll give you the contact details so you can make a note. Search for Truth Hayes Press The Barn Flaxlands Royal Wotton Bassett Swindon sn N four eight dy and our email address is sft at churches now you might be interested to know that uh, you can listen again to these programs if you look out for search for truth featuring on www.twr360.org and uh, if you go there uh, this will give you another excellent way of accessing again what you first heard here on the radio So thanks for your interest in these talks and the great privilege of your company. Please join us if you can next week for another Hope for Humanity message. And until then, very best wishes from Brian, from David, from our singers and me, John. Goodbye and may God richly bless you.